name, amen. So Pastor Mike is at the men's retreat um, this weekend, and it's great to be back, um, as well as on vacation myself last week in Minnesota, and it was great to leave the cloudiness and the snow and the rain and to get back to the, the nice sunny weather once again. What a great time of year it is here in, in Arizona. And today we're talking about the topic of, of um, serving as we continue our 40 days of purpose. And I'm not sure if you've, if you've read the book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. It's sold over 30 million copies. In fact, um, there's some um, things I was reading saying as many as 60 million copies. And obviously that many copies, it's a, a good book and it really is. And I've had a chance to read it and um, a lot of good things. So I just want to encourage you, if you have a copy, take it out, read it again, maybe pick one up. Um, and today we're kind of going through this 40 days, but we're in the midst of the series focusing on five essential parts of our Christian journey. And the first one was about worship, living a life of worship, that vertical relationship with God, not just worshiping like we are right now on a Sunday morning, but worshiping God all week long, you know, realizing that he's there and, and praying to him and just being in, in tune with him all week long and between the times we come together for this, this group worship we have today. Then there's fellowship. That's a horizontal relationship with other people. We're not meant to go through life alone. We need those people. And as we grow in our relationship with God and grow in that love, we grow in love for others. And, and that ties into the third week, which is discipleship. Growing deeper into the Word of God. As we grow deeper in God's Word, we grow deeper in that love. And, and then even, you know, horizontally, that relationship gets stronger. And the more that we love, the more it's going to lead into the next two weeks which talk about ministry and mission. As a congregation, we have three key words we focus on our mission, okay? The few is connect, build, live. Connect is the worship part and the fellowship part. The build is discipleship. And the live is what we're talking about today and next week. What does it mean to live the word of God? And so today is the first part of that. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The section right before talks about how we're saved by grace, not by works. Okay? Our salvation, 100% a gift from God. But now that we have the salvation, how are we to live? In this freedom we now have in Christ, we're called upon to be his workmanship. To live in service to God and others. In Job 10.8, it says, Your hands shaped me and made me. Now, in Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, he used the word shape a lot to tie into different aspects of how we serve. And the shape breaks into the acronyms of spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. And as we heard in the um, announcement video, we have on our website... StMarkPHX.org. We have a spiritual gifts inventory. I did it last night. I went online, took the test, and it gives you results right back. And I've taken a lot of these spiritual gifts surveys, and they usually come back pretty much the same. And so the first part, you know, I've, I've always been strong in leadership and teaching, but one that changed slightly was their administration has become higher in my list. Um, so sometimes as we go through life, we're going to find the spiritual gifts might change somewhat. But I want to encourage you to get online, take this survey. It takes about 20 minutes, and it gives you results right back. And it just gives you an idea of what your spiritual gifts may be. It says in, in 1 Peter 4.10, Each one should use whatever gift he receives to serve others. And we heard from the section that James read a little bit ago that we all have at least one spiritual gift. 
And those gifts do not belong to us. They belong to God and to one another. That we are to use them for the common good. When we use our spiritual gifts, God works through us in powerful ways. And it's so important for us to realize that we have those gifts. And to do our ministry through those gifts. To work through our strengths. And when that happens, the body of Christ comes together and amazing things take place and God is glorified and people around us are blessed and we also experience joy as we use those gifts. And so that leads into our purpose for today. The fourth purpose is to serve. To serve God, to serve others. And the word ministry ties into this word serve. It says in Matthew 20, 28, your attitude must be like my own. For I did not come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus made it clear. He came and he served us. And ultimately he served the point of dying on a cross for our sins and rising again. Because of his service, we have hope for all eternity. His life was not about being served, but serving others. That's the God of the universe. And that's our example. He's not only our Savior, He's our Lord. And as Lord, he shows us he wants us to be people who serve. And we're going to learn about the attitude we're supposed to have. Learning to serve like Jesus. And there's three points. And I really, if you can remember three words today, it's available, it's grateful, and faithful. Those three words. And I want to start with the word available. Serving like Jesus means being available. And it says in Matthew 20, two blind men shouted, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do? He asked. You know, talking about somebody who probably had a busy schedule, Jesus. You know, John says at the end of his, his gospel, he says, if I was to write everything about the life of Jesus, the volumes of the entire world could not contain all the information. That's a busy life. But yet in the situation, as he's probably going to, you know, some event, maybe another city, he sees the situation, and it says he stopped. He got involved. And we see this time and time again, that Jesus would stop along the way, and he would get involved in the lives of people, even individual people. He was available. It says in Proverbs 3.28, Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. I'm convinced we're living in a world of a lot of people that are unavailable. Okay? In fact, I saw that I'm reading this book right now. It's talking about our younger generation spend half of their waking hours on a screen. Okay? And I think probably a lot of us do that. And so if you're spending half of your waking hours on a screen, you still got to do all your other things you got to get done in the course of a day. What time is left? How to become more available? And that's a choice we need to make. We need to take a look at our schedules and take a look inside ourselves and determine what's blocking me from maybe serving and being available like I should be. There's three barriers I want to talk about that stop us from being available. And the first barrier is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. And it says in Philippians 2.4, forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Now, as I mentioned, I just got back from vacation. And my dad, he's got a place in northern Minnesota, and he took a fall a couple months ago, and he's not going to be able to live up there this winter. He's living in Iowa, but my sister brought him up, and we spent a week up there in his lake home, and we um, were able to put away the boats and the, the dock and kind of get things set before the, the rain and the snow came. Um, and they left, and the last day of my vacation, I, was, I had the day to myself. And I'm thinking, ah, time to just kind of relax. But I was preparing a sermon, and I started feeling guilty. Let me tell you why. 
There was one thing we had not finished that my dad wanted to get done. We decided we'll just put it off until, you know, later in the year. But I was feeling guilty about it. I know my dad, he's, he's a worrier. And so I felt, I need to get this done. And not only that, but neighbors on each side of him that he's known for many, many years, one of them, um, the wife, um, is really struggling physically, and her husband has to basically care for her 24-7, and I hadn't been over to see them. And the people on the other side, his neighbors, um, their daughter was dying of cancer in the Twin Cities. And so I, and, and on top of that, my dad's, um, he's got this lady from, my mom died 20 years ago from Alzheimer's, and he started dating this gal, good friends, and now she's got Alzheimer's, she's in a nursing home. And so I went and got cards, and I felt um, compelled. I went to drop off a card at the one house, and, and they were there, and we talked for an hour. It was a great conversation. He was one of my high school school teachers. My dad was a teacher as well. And, and I went to the other house. They were gone. They were in Twin Cities. I left a card for them. And I went to the nursing home. got a chance to visit with um, my dad's lady friend and give her the card. And then I got that job done for him too, the last chore. And it kind of occupied my last day. But when I got to the end of the day, I'm thinking, you know what? I feel really good. It feels good. It feels better than just chilling, maybe watching TV and just doing my own thing. And I think sometimes in life we're busy doing stuff and maybe some of the stuff we're busy doing really isn't that important. I think it's my time, my life. I can do what I want. But I'll tell you what, God made us to serve. Every opportunity we see in life is an opportunity to serve. So barrier one, self-centeredness. Barrier two, perfectionism. It says in Ecclesiastes, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Any perfectionists here? We live in a perfectionist type of world. But let me tell you, things are never perfect here, folks. There's never going to be the perfect time. We're thinking maybe I'll, get, I'll serve when I get my financial situation perfect. I will serve when it's the perfect situation and everything unfolds in a perfect way. I'll tell you what. So often what happens is the most unperfect situations to serve turn out to be the best ones. To be available. Not let perfectionism hold you back. As I was reading through um, Rick Warren's book, came across a section that says, Abraham was old, Jacob was insecure, Leah was unattractive, Joseph was abused, Moses stuttered, Gideon was poor, Samson was codependent, Rahab was immoral, David had an affair and all kinds of family problems, Elijah was suicidal, Jeremiah was depressed, Jonah was reluctant, Naomi was a widow, John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least, Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered, Martha worried a lot, the Samaritan woman had several failed marriages, Zacchaeus was unpopular, Thomas had doubts, Paul had poor health, Timothy was timid. What do we see there, folks? God works through imperfect people to do amazing things. Don't let perfectionism hold you back. The third barrier is materialism. It says, no servant can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. And that comes from Luke. Materialism is a big problem in the world today. And we got to be careful that the answer to life is not money and things. The answer to life is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. I think over my years of ministry, and a lot of people come to me and say, you know, Pastor John, I'm starting a new um, business. Pray for me. And, and I always do if they want, you know, if I'll, I'll pray for them. And one guy in particular I think about is like, he said, pray for me, Pastor John, and I'm going to start this company, and, and when I, I'm going to give all kinds of money to church one day, and I'm going to get more involved in service sometime. And so he started his business, and I didn't see him in church anymore. So I called him up one day, so what's going on? 
Because I'm busy, you know, trying to get the business going and, and I promise, I'm, like I promised to God and, and to you, someday I'm going to get back involved again. Well, the business started taking off. Started being, being successful. But guess what? He's working so much he lost his family. And eventually, he lost the business too. And we've got to be careful not to be chasing after things in life that aren't as important as our relationship with God. There's only one God, Okay? And money's not that God. So don't let materialism hold you back from serving. In fact, this is what I want to encourage you to do. No matter what you do, if if you're still working, or if you're at school, if you're playing sports, no matter what you do, do it for God. Do it for His glory. And so being available is so important. I want to ask you to repeat after me, okay? I am available. Okay? Let's make ourselves available. The second point... Serving like Jesus means being grateful. In John 11, Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. And Jesus was always grateful, a heart that is grateful. If you find a grateful heart, you find a heart that wants to serve. Ungrateful people don't want to serve. People that are sad and angry have a hard time serving. A grateful heart is important. In fact, it says in Psalm 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness is another word for being grateful. How do we serve the Lord with a grateful heart? It says in 2 Timothy, is it he who saved us and chose us for his holy work? Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan. You see, we have been saved we have been set free to serve. You know, one of the, the Greek words in the Bible for serve is doulos. That's the one that Paul used when he said, I, Paul, a servant. I've used this word before in sermons, but a doulos is somebody who their master sets them free. And now they're set free. They give themselves back to their master saying, I give myself back to you for the rest of my life to serve you and do whatever you want me to do. That's a doulos. Jesus has set us free. We're called to be a doulist like Paul, to give ourselves back to Jesus, to be available for service with a grateful heart. And there's some barriers that come into play when it comes to a grateful heart. The first barrier is comparing and criticizing. Comparing and criticizing. In the social media-driven world, they have these what's called social influencers out there, okay? These social influencers. And they get millions and millions of followers. And all these people thinking, I want to be like that person, and some of those people are just a mess. Why would you want to be like one of those? There's only one person that you should be. That's yourself. The person that God made you to be. He made you special. Special plan, special purpose. There's no one that's ever going to be created exactly like you. And he has plans for you now. He has plans for you forever. We are each special. You know, the Apostle John, when he writes in his letter, he refers to himself as the one who Jesus loved. He felt he was Jesus' favorite. Let me tell you, I think we can all feel we are Jesus' favorite. We're special. Don't compare to others. Be thankful for what God has blessed you with. The ninth and 10th commandments, do not covet. Learn to be content with what God gave you. The eighth commandment talks about do not bear false witness against your neighbor, which ties into criticizing. We're not supposed to criticize people. We're supposed to lift people up. People that criticize and compare, they're not grateful. Either the cup is half full or half empty. Let's be honest. Everybody is imperfect. You can find fault in anybody. But I want to encourage us to see the good in people, to see the potential. Okay? Not to criticize. 
Lift people up. So don't compare and criticize. The second barrier is this. Don't have wrong motives. In Matthew 6, when you do good deeds, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. Now, I want to clarify that verse in a second, but first of all, I want to make something clear too. We're not saved by what we do, okay? A lot of people, their motivation for serving and doing good works is they're trying to earn their salvation, okay? Maybe if I do this, God's going to give me salvation, okay? That's not the case. Jesus has accomplished it all for us. Our salvation is secure in him. Or some people might think, okay, if I do this, maybe God is going to bless me in some other ways. That shouldn't be the motivation. Or maybe if I do this, I serve this way, I'm going to get some glory, or I'm going to look really good. That's the wrong motivation. Why should we serve? Because we love God, and we love others. It's not about ourselves. It becomes something we just do automatically. It becomes part of our very core, our very, you know, underlying motivation for who we are, that I live to serve God because I love him and I love people and I want to do this because this is who I am. The right motivation. An attitude of gratefulness. And so I want to ask you right now, are you grateful? Because when you think about it, you think about all the blessings that God is pouring into your life all the time. We should be grateful. Our past, our present, our future is secure in Jesus Christ. Everything we need is given to us. Yes, there's challenges in life, but you know what? There's a lot more blessings. And to focus on those blessings and to realize that through Jesus Christ, we can be grateful. And a grateful heart is a serving heart, a serving person. So I want you to repeat after me. I'm grateful. I pray that we mean that from the core of our existence. And the last one is serving like Jesus means being faithful. It means being faithful. John 17, 4. I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. You know, Jesus was faithful to the very end. He never got off course. He gave his life for us. He shows us an example of what faithfulness looks like. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, the one thing required of servants is that they be faithful. Now, what's the difference between faith and faithful? If we have faith, we believe in Jesus. We're saved. We're going to heaven. Faithful is faith that goes into action. Faith that turns into service. That's what being faithful is. That's what we're called to be. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, throw yourselves into the work of the master confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Now every day we have 24 hours. The Bible says we can live up to 120 years maximum on this planet. But when we serve Jesus, when we serve others in the name of Jesus Christ, we take time that's temporal and we make it eternal. Do you realize that? We turn time to, into eternity. Everything we say and do in the name of Jesus Christ, it takes time and makes it eternal. And what a great opportunity we have to do that in serving God and making that happen. It says in Hebrews 6.10, He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other Christians. And I've been here now St. Mark for about a year. And I see a very serving congregation, a very faithful congregation. Right now, 
There's people serving you to make this worship service happen. We've got sound people. We've got music people. We have ushers. We have altar guild. The list goes on and on. Come up here all week long. There's things going on. People serving in so many ways. What a faithful, incredible congregation. And thank you for your faithfulness. But I believe the key for our future to grow more as a congregation, reach more people, is not just serving here. It's serving where? Out there. And the world's becoming more hostile, folks. Our world's becoming more and more unchristian. And sometimes it may be tempting just to kind of pull, circle the wagons, and just kind of feel safe within the confines of the church community. But Jesus is calling us to go serve out there. I'm reading this book. Um, it's called Faith for Exiles. And in the book, the author is talking about, you know, when the people of Jerusalem, the Babylonians came in, they took over Jerusalem, and they made some people go to Babylon. And so these Jewish people are now in a godless, secular society. And he did a study on Daniel's life as an example for all of us because we're living in an increasingly secular society. And what Daniel did is he maintained his faith. He held true to his beliefs, but he served faithfully. And he goes in the second command of the, of the king of Babylon. And even when the king of Babylon dies and his son takes over, Daniel still stays in this position of, of incredible authority because he, they realized he was trustworthy. He was a great leader. And actually his faith began to infiltrate into the secular society. Then the Persians came in and took it over. Now typically when a new nation comes in, are they going to keep the same leaders in place? They kept Daniel in place. You know why? They could see in him a man of integrity, of faithfulness. He wasn't judging people. King Cyrus, um, you know, one of the Persian kings, you know, got, or actually King Darius, got upset with, um, well, actually what happened was there was a decree that the people should all pray to this king. And what happened was the king said, okay, and he signed, a, you know, basically a, a decree saying this has to happen. Daniel still prayed to God. And he got turned in and he threw him the lions. Darius didn't want that to happen. He realized those guys were trapping him because they wanted Daniel dead. The, the lions didn't eat Daniel. He comes out of the den and there's the king right there. He'd been pacing all night, just concerned for Daniel. And Daniel could have said, why did you throw me to those lions? And he came out and what he said, oh, king, live forever. He wasn't mad. He didn't judge. He served. And that's the key in our society today, to keep serving. Every opportunity is an opportunity to serve God and to serve others. And finally, in Matthew 25, 21, it says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few th things, so I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, someday, after we're, we're saved by grace through faith, wouldn't it be hear, good to hear those words come from, from the Lord? Well done. Thank you for your service. And I want to thank you for your service. But I want to encourage you to hang on to three key words as far as an attitude for serving like Jesus. Be available, be grateful, be faithful. I want you to repeat after me. Lord God, I am available. I am grateful. I am faithful. I desire to serve you in every situation. Amen. This time the offering will be received.